common atheist statement will be, well, if God could enter human history at any time, why doesn't he just, why didn't he show up now when there's so many cameras, or why didn't he show up in Asia where there's so many people, and all those people could have believed? It is curious that Jesus showed up in first century Rome out of all the times he could show up, while knowing that he needed to die for these people, and he showed up during a time century where that country had one of the most excruciating, public, painful ways of death, and he knew that I came to die, and he mm. picked one of the most gruesome ways to die by public crucifixion. Right. A crucifixion style, or a execution style that was illegal for any Roman citizen to go under. Only the slaves and non-Romans could die like that. And the Son of God's like, I want to join that time period. Starting this podcast right now. December 22nd, a Thursday, we got a surprise. Yeah, we got a special guest here. We're actually missing Jonathan. Yeah, it's so, not going to be the same. No, it's not. We, we actually don't even know what we're doing. Uh, I just got taught how to use this equipment the last time we were here. I don't even know what I'm doing with it. but Johnny is currently serving as the youth, pa- or youth leader, because I guess he has to be ordained to be a pastor, but... The youth leader at our church, and yeah, a lot of things have changed for Johnny, and you know, different serving in different areas, and but yeah, you want to tell us about your guest you got here today, okay. Eli? We have a special guest all the way from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. came here just for this. They're coming across America just for this uh, to hear about Jesus. It's my cousin <laughs> Hayden Jacob. Yeah, so I, I traveled all this way for this podcast, or potentially just to come home to see my family for Christmas. <laughs> oh, you let us down. Man. Either Man, one. The Both are true. Content. Both are true. But very excited about Christmas, and very excited to join the podcast. I've heard a lot about it. It's traveled up to Louisville. I saw it in the newspaper. I had to come and see the place. So. Oh, yes! <laughs> the, yeah, the studio is extremely nice, more than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> the whole church. Oh, yeah. Yes. Man, that word of God is alive, man. Just all the way up there in Louisville, Kentucky. They're coming from the woodworks. I know, people usually say this is God's country, but, or I think this is God's country. Louisville, because of this podcast, now the word of God's getting through to Louisville, I guess is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, and it's going to Israel. Yeah, that's right. Well, Actually, Did uh, you ever hear about back from your friend? Yeah, I texted him today, and so pretty much that my buddy that I talked about last time who lives in Israel who's like in the middle of a war right now I text him and I, was, I saw a good opportunity to tell him about Jesus so I text him and he responded today he said that he respects what I believe and stuff that's kind of all he got for that but at least it's kind of like Anna said seed was planted uh, but he texted me and said that uh, he's he's safe and well, I mean he's he's in the middle of a war, but he he's still cruising around in a tank. He's had a couple missiles come close to him or whatever, but he's safe. So he's Jewish. Yeah, he actually told me that he's like Jewish just because, but he doesn't believe anything. He's just what in it for mean? the culture. Like it's. Being Jewish is kind of odd because you can be any religion 
So Jew is an ethnic group. So you could even technically be an atheist Jew, as odd as that sounds, but you could be a Muslim Jew or a Christian Jew or an atheist Jew. So yeah, you can be anything but your heritage is a Jew, which is odd to even think about. That so you so could be a Christian Jew, which sounds like they're contradictions, but it's the one, one and the same. So basically this boy is a Jew that doesn't know Jesus. Yeah. 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 So he would fit the historical biblical Jew. Yeah, so basically is, he's like bound in religion or just rules or what? Like what? Like how do you call yourself a Jew if you don't believe in, what do you believe in? Like you just are. Yeah, just you're, poor, you're born of the ethnic race. So like we would say we're Caucasian American. They would just be okay. a, a Jew by race, by ethnicity. Hmm. You know? And it is struggling because someone who is born a Jew they want to stay true to their heritage because, I mean, the Jews have a, a great heritage. Even John 4 will say salvation came from the Jews and has now been offered to us Gentiles. So, but they, they rejected Jesus in the first century and many of the Jews still today reject Jesus. And it's very challenging for them to overcome that. But we do know that um, the Jews are God's chosen people and that by, by the end of the age, by the multitude, Jews will come to salvation but we're still kind of waiting for that day. That'll be towards the end of times. And that's when the Lord will, you know, like you said, pursue Jews. Like, he, like those are his people. So, like, mm -hmm. in that end time, the ones that don't know Jesus, that's that opportunity. Yeah, so eschatology, which just means the study of end times, is very challenging. There's so many debates. But uh, Romans 10 talks a lot about this in Romans 11 will say that because they rejected the cornerstone, rejected Jesus, their minds have been blinded. Right. But then by the end of times, that blindness will be removed. And by the thousands, Jews will come in to realize that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And while they have this blindness, us Gentiles, non-Jews, um, have a great opportunity to come to salvation. And that's why people around the world, especially in South Asia, Africa, Many places that are not in the United States are coming to salvation in Jesus Christ by the, by the thousands. Um, it's aggravating, even as an American, it seems like many Americans' eyes are being blinded just because of their sin. They continuously live in sin, and Jesus doesn't mean anything if you don't need a Savior. But around the world, people realize and I have this big burden on my back, and I need someone to save me, and then say an American missionary will go there or a Chinese missionary or whatever will go there and say, I have just the solution for that burden of sin. And you tell them about Jesus and they're like, this is the greatest story I've ever heard. But So basically you're planting a seed in that voice. Yeah, mm -hmm. which and, it's ahead. like a trying to give him a head start because he's going to know about Jesus one day because Jesus is going to, I mean, he's going to put it right in front of him, right? Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. They yeah. will know him. Every knee will bow, but I'm trying to give him a head start. Yeah, yeah it's hard though, like, cause you know we, like you said, that the Jewish people are God's people, but like it's hard to understand. That you explained it very well. How it is like, challenging. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he said he was a Jew. It's like, oh, he's got to know God. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, he's got to know the Lord. That's where you know all our history comes out of and from, and what 
Man, that's neat. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. As you guys can tell, we have a Bible scholar here today. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm hoping to be a Bible scholar, but right now I'm a poor man on the totem pole just trying to learn. Hey, he's just chasing after Jesus, what I like yeah. to say. Learning about, learn about him. Well, uh, you got anything else on your mind or? No. Today you've had it on your heart. What about you? Want to talk? What well, if you had to tell something to somebody or, man, just something God's doing in your life, just a testimony that you want to share or anything out there? Something that's um, this came across my mind. Last month, I've been listening a lot to Alistair Begg. I think Alistair Begg's a great uh, preacher. You can find him on Spotify or on Apple Music probably, or YouTube. But he was explaining that most Christians will go to their non-believing friends, like, oh, you need Jesus, um, and they're just in the conversation. And their non-believing friend just sits there like, okay, I need Jesus, but for what? And I realized I had that same conviction. I was telling my non-believer friends, hey, you need Jesus. You need to come to church with me or, and I never once told them the gospel. I, was, I realized that none of my friends actually knew the gospel. They just knew that they needed Jesus, but not know why. Um, so then I started realizing, maybe I should just start like a small weekly Bible group with my non-believing friends and just sit down with them and explain the gospel to them instead of just saying in passing, hey, you need Jesus, because they didn't know anything. So for the last seven weeks on Sunday nights, um, I texted some high school friends, and there's there's eight of us on Sunday night, and then on Tuesday nights I have a Bible study with my college friends, and we're just going chapter by chapter through John, just That's explaining the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And each chapter, like we didn't know any of this, and we were born in the Bible Belt, but we did not know that we were in John one the first week, and they're like, so you're saying that Jesus was always there, like Jesus was in the beginning with God, is God. I was like, yeah, Jesus has always been. Uh, Jesus would not have created a being, but he is God in human form. And before he entered human form, he was God in heaven. And they were really confused about that. They were thinking, oh, we thought Jesus was just a good guy that God picked out of the crowd and said, you're going to be the savior of the world. We didn't realize that Jesus was always God and entered human history. So, and they would even claim to be Christian, but they didn't know wow. anything about the Bible. They just grew up in a a Christian home. Um, Billy Graham would usually say, I like Billy Graham, but he would say, just because you're born in a garage does not mean you're a car. Just because you're born in a Christian home doesn't mean you're a Christian. And that's true for most people around us. They think they're a Christian just because yeah. their parents are. So how, they go to church. how can we as believers and like in studying, like you said, so like, and you started a Bible study and that's how you're doing it, but like, how can we be hungry to sh like not just tell people about Jesus, but like what are some ways that we can get our friends to buy in, or even like be? I think you have to be hungry and thirsty for the word too, as well. Like you can't go get someone and tell them, "Hey, you need to know about Jesus," and you know they're content in their sin or in their way or in their path. Like, how are some things or ways that we can kind of? do that in our own lives with our friends, not just in Bible study, but I guess just what what are some things that you could help us with, like to share that gospel out to them, and, and how do we grow? I read, and that's kind of like, I read John, and I read it real slow, 
and I learn things myself and I know I'm young and I'm trying to learn and mm-hmm. there's so many things like I we call yeah. each other and he's like I never heard that story I mean yeah. we're always learning new things and I've heard not I don't know everything in here but just to how do you get people hungry and thirsty to want to know like to understand that or is that just a natural Holy Spirit drawing I don't know yeah, like, it's it's definitely both. The Holy Spirit is really the only one that can draw them um, supernaturally. But God has used humans to be his means to bring people to salvation. I, I'm not an expert here, but the first thing would be is people will not want to hear what you have to say unless they see it in action. Um, that's true for me. I don't, want to, I don't want to listen to anybody unless I've seen them do it themselves. So Your testimony like every day. Mm-hmm. And usually not in the good moments, but in the bad moments. Um, how do you deal when you've just had the worst day? That's are you, good. Are you just the worst person in the room? How is your, <laughs> usually ang- for, for men I would say is anger. How is your anger controlled in bad situations? Because I don't want to listen to someone that is just red-faced about the smallest thing and they're just like, well, you need Jesus. So I think you need Jesus. Because yeah. the, the atheist or the non-believer, they have a really, sharp eye about who Christians are. The number one rebuttal that a non-Christian would say is, I don't want to join the church because it's full of hypocrites, or I don't want to read your Bible because it's not doing any help for you. So first I would say, that's good. your actions. Example, yeah. And then getting people to hear the gospel, I would learn a five to six minute gospel track not even a gospel track, just been, if someone asks you, um, what is the gospel, would you be able to give an answer? And just figure that in your head, would I be able to give an answer to that? And if the answer is yes, then try to condense it into five to six minutes. And if the answer is no, then just find an answer. Find an answer to that. And I need can... to be able to give an answer. Mm-hmm. Like Paul said, you know, be able to, when I'm asked, I need to be able to, yeah. to share. And that's good. And so that testimony thing is like something we have to consistently work on. Yeah. Example, because like you said, you know, you might not have credibility. Like Eli works at his job, and he works more in a public area. I got, well, I'm working in a public area, but I'm surrounded. I do believe by brothers in Christ where I work, and we have devotions every morning, and so they do see how we act. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and they can tell who's. We can see. Man, what's his problem? Like he's not right with the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell. You can tell yeah. when somebody is, has the joy of Jesus, or you can tell when some worry is somebody is struggling with a worry or you know, circumstances aren't right. But like, even in where you work, Eli, like yeah. in the heating and air, I mean, people are watching you. Like you've told me, you people don't believe in the Lord. Yeah. Like you can him. tell the yeah. exact same thing. Like, so they're what? Like they're watching you. <laughs> they're yeah. watching how you work. They're watching how you act. They're watching how you mess up. What you do when you mess up. Like he said, so like you might not be able to tell them about Jesus, but that example that he was talking about, it might take two years. And he's like, there's something different about Eli. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so that's huge. And just to, we think that we have to go and pro, we do need to proclaim the gospel, but that example and that testimony, like you said, is the gospel is like you're sharing that testimony of Christ that love of Jesus comes out of you um, if you're close to him if you're trying to you know that relationship with Jesus if it's in tune 
Man, that's that was good. Yeah, Example, was. testimony, <laughs> yeah. and just being able to. And I asked myself those questions like Johnny was telling, leading someone to the Lord the other night, and I was just listening. And I was like, okay, so you know, if somebody come and ask me, I need to know exactly. Yeah. Like I know I can tell them, I can tell you guys, but like you know, this is a little kid. Like you know, and yeah. I know the Lord has to draw them to know, want to know Him, but. Like, if they have questions, knowing how to answer those and growing in that and being able to share what you believe in, you know, that will mm-hmm. make you study and and give the, you want to give the right answer because obviously, you know, you don't want to lead someone to the false doctrine. Yeah. yeah. And people are so scared of like, oh, I don't, I can't give an answer because I don't know the answer or I don't want to, I don't want to give someone the wrong answer and lead them down the wrong path, the great majority of people will not lead someone down the wrong path. Um, you can, I've heard a lot of bad answers throughout my time of asking questions about God, and God has still sustained, sustained me throughout that whole process. God is definitely more powerful than any wrong answer. But for us, say for y'all two and me included, if someone asks me a question I don't know the answer, I can still open up the Bible and tell them truths that help them and then encourage them to get into the Bible themselves instead of me worrying about, did I give them the proper 100-page dissertation that they can now publish? None of the words that we say will probably ever be published that someone asks us. So we we just lead them to the Bible, like this is what the Bible says, and pray on this and try to find an answer. I don't currently know the answer at the time, but me and you can work through this together and let's go through the Bible together. But you don't have to know every answer, and no one's expected to do that. Yeah, that's hard trying to know trying to know every answer. I mean, the guys at work, there's a guy that I work with who's like completely atheist, mm-hmm. wants nothing to do with it. And he the other day said, you know, he's got a lot of questions. And I was like, all right, well, what are your questions? And he's like, well, if I, it's like I don't even have time to tell you all my questions. I was like, well, text them to me. <laughs> he's like, I can't fit it all in a text. I was like, well, just give me one. I don't even remember what it was, but uh, I I couldn't give an answer. It was a, it, I mean, it was a. There's some mind-boggling things people will tell definitely you. Definitely a question. But back to the how you show yourself thing. Maybe I can't show them what Christianity is by answering a question, mm-hmm. but I can show them what it is by how I act at work when I mess up, how I act, how I react to things, uh, showing showing up to work on time. Kindness. Yeah, just little things like that can show people mm-hmm. what, it, what it's all about really, other than just being able to answer a really long, complex uh, question. Yeah, and some Christians are worried about maybe I'm not the proper light or my character is not incorrect. If not, or my character's not correct. But you don't have to be perfect. No one's perfect. That's why Jesus came. But even asking for forgiveness for people after you're... So men usually get angry, especially on the work side. And if you do get angry, it's fine to get angry every now and then, but then you go back to that person and apologize. That, that's my, my fault that I was so angry. I shouldn't have done that to you. Will you forgive me? And they'll probably find more light of the gospel in that forgiveness, in that forgiveness than... Um, you're trying to act perfect all the time. You're going to yeah. seem weird in the society trying to act like this perfect guy that shows no emotion. Um, <laughs> well, that's so, wrong with them. Yeah, so if you do, even <laughs> if you do have outbursts of anger, going back to those people and saying, 
please forgive me. Humble in yourself, yeah. Because, I mean, Jesus was an emotional man. A righteously emotional man. But he was not. And, like, be angry and sin not, too. Yeah. I don't know how he was flipping tables at the temple and and he's perfect the whole time, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe when that guy was cutting through his... His roof, roof with the chainsaw yeah. to lower his front. What is down. going on up there? Yeah. I'm trying to tell people that. Landed on his head. Yeah. yeah. When they're dropping the man through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Drawn to him. Uh, I bet he had a good time with that was, one. Mm-hmm. What was that? The, the, that the three guys or two guys got the man yeah. to Jesus. That was a story. Through the roof. That was a story that you uh, told me. Oh, you're trying to get me fired up right now, aren't you? <laughs> you like that story? Yeah. Yeah, we did a whole 50-minute podcast over that story. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's good. I like it. What have you been reading, David? I've been in Luke 3, 4, that's... Five now. I just try to go slow. Try to meditate on it. Sometimes I just read like eight verses, and mm-hmm. I did have. Let's see. Now we have him here. So in Luke, they talk about. So there's two times that God comes to. Um, I think it's Peter, and or Jesus comes to Peter, um, and he comes to Peter again in the boat after he. He had died, rose again, and he came to Peter again in the boat, correct? Mm-hmm. So, like, in Luke 4 or 5, I read that he showed up on shore, and, or he was on shore, I think I understand that right, and that he gave so much fish in the boats that they were sinking. Mm-hmm. And then and when he came back from the, and he, he died, rose again, and he seen him on the shore in John, later in John, he... Did the same, he did similar, but he said cast it on the other side. And the boats didn't sink. They were so close to the shore, they dragged the boats to shore, from what I understood. Yeah. Is that correct? Like So there's two times that he did the fish trick? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and that was just a... I was a little confused. I was like, was this just chronologically wrong? Like, Or is, did he do it twice? He did. Yeah, it reads that he did it twice. And so Jesus on the shore, and Peter and John are in the boat. And they're like, who is that guy? And then Jesus is like, throw it on the other side. And like, that's the Lord. So then Peter gets out and swims to Jesus. And then that's when um, Jesus has the campfire. They eat the, they eat their breakfast. And then it's pretty much, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Quit asking me. He said, well, feed my sheep and go and tell the world about me. So it's just, yeah, reiterating that I'm alive and he's just, Throwing some humor to Peter, like it's me. Remember well, that? yeah, and that's why I loved like when I was reading my Bible, and I would read John first, and I got read all of John. I mean, it took me. I didn't go fast through it, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna start Luke, and I started in Luke, and I read that, and I was like, man. So basically, when he got when he rose from the get rose from the dead, he went over there and he got with his got his disciples, and he said, yeah, hey. The other side of the boat. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Yeah, yeah. Did you forget what I told you? And I was like, that was like what I got when I was reading Luke. I was like, and then I was like, look, look back at John. I was like, well, maybe they didn't write this in order, but I'm pretty sure he did this twice. Yeah. Yeah, so, he definitely did it twice based on how it reads. Man. 
Yeah, just I just love that about him. He ain't dead. I love that about the Lord. I just that just mm-hmm. the the mighty power that God has, and just how infinite and. I gain so much confidence when I read the word, when I read about Jesus. It's just, it's scary, because then I want to see the fish on the other side of the boat in my life, and so I'm like, trying to activate the fish on the other side of the boat, I'm like, yep, over here, here's Jesus, and I'm like, oh man, I missed that miracle. But, I mean, I just gain that much confidence, like in in the company that we do, like, how do I get the the fish, like I'm, I'm over here. This is my way, but nope, Lord's way. Yeah. Like I'm trying to grab that. Lord, this is what I'm doing. But then I'm like, I'm back over here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I missed a miracle today. Like, but that's the confidence I get every morning. Like mm-hmm. when I'm in Luke or John, I was like, how do I activate this Lord? He says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. The same thing that, same Holy Spirit that rose him from the dead is inside of me, because yeah. I'm saved. I know Jesus. I know He came and He He lives in my heart. Yeah. So I have the same power. I'm just like, right now on the other side. Oh, I missed it. I know. But I don't think it's anything that you missed in both of those stories. What did Peter do? Peter didn't do anything in either of those stories. It's just it was the Lord like, just oh, no And God performed the miracle in both of those miracles. It was God in both situations. Um, Isaiah will say everything that we do, if we work the best that we possibly could, and we the best product that we could ever think about it's worth filthy rags right. or minstrel rags and so that's I struggle with that because I'm like what am I doing over here trying to work hard when I know if I just stay over here and activate something fire but <laughs> I have to work like yeah. you know what I mean like I have to work and I'm like oh no let's go back over here no. but then I have to go back to work and I'm trying to activate greatness over here in the company mm-hmm. when I get when I get consumed with the business, this is what I struggle with. I'm just venting to you. When I get consumed with the business, I'm like, no, that's not what the Lord wants. So then I'm like, I'm starting to think about it all the time. It's dwelling in my head. It's consuming me. These numbers, this isn't get this, need this, that. And then I'm like, nope, forget it. Back over here, like keeping that balance of like, okay, stay working, but look over here I just don't know how that how to carry that balance because I know what I'm doing is nothing to what he could do so trying to activate that is there certain things that and we do I I do every day I know that his way is best his way is perfect his timing is perfect I mean trying to activate that over here I don't know like how do you is that just patience trust the Lord Hey, I'm over here trying to keep you first, do this right, and we're just going to watch you work while I'm providing for my family, while I'm taking care of this, while I'm trying to shine your light over here. Is this, is that the thing? Like, is that okay? Is that, because I get consumed with it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the entire situation, but what I would say is God blesses the people who have obedience with him. The first object is obedience instead of product. My fault is constantly I'm trying to produce something that's great or I'm trying to say in the sin world I try I'm constantly trying to overcome a sin but God says first step is obedience and then I help you overcome that sin. Um, I'm not looking for victory by you because my son already created that victory for you. I'm just looking for obedience 
And then uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things will be added to you. So that's his job. His job is to do everything for you. to catch the fish on the other side, or show that fish when it's time to have the fish on the other side of the boat. My job is to be obedient every day. And to, you know, and I guess that's what I struggle with is that getting consumed. Because I, you know, when I get involved, I love business. I love doing that. I love trying to satisfy the client and the customer and, and getting the sale and doing the sale. Like, I love that. But I also know that that is not what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, that is not what I want at all. Like, I know I have to provide for my family, but, like, that just scares me. Like, just being so involved in that. But I feel like I'd have to be con- get involved in it, if that makes sense. It's just... But I think being a good worker and being good to your clients and being a good steward of your work, I don't think that's sinful at all, based on the way you're explaining it. I mean, if it's... If it's um, if your priority is only that and not doing anything with God, that would probably be sin. But being a good worker, I imagine Jesus was a great carpenter, and everything he did with his dad was probably excellent work. I, yeah, I want to see that. Imagine being one of the recipients uh, of one of like a bookshelf or something. That or Jesus what he made. did, or stone masonry. What did you know any about what I mean, Jesus produced? Or we don't have anything like, about his carpentry, but we do know and say Isaiah. 52 and 53, 700 years before Jesus ever showed up. It's writing about who this coming Messiah is going to be. And it pretty much explains that he had nothing special that people looked on him with any excitement. He was just a normal man, but then they beat him so bad they couldn't even tell that he used to be a man. So Isaiah is writing about this coming Messiah and he's saying he didn't have anything spectacular where people looked at him with this awe and beauty. We're going to notice Jesus with his beautiful awe and beauty when he comes back to reign forever. But when he was on earth, they make it seem like he was just a normal man, a normal Jew. And just his work was perfected and everything he did. I have need to, like, they don't write about that, like his work, but I think there's a reason for that because, you know, that's not what we're here for in the materialistic side. And I, you know, as it working out, like you wonder, you know, how did he go about his business? He did his job and then he went about his father's business, you know, and that's what we're to do. We're to be like Jesus. We're to, you know, he did his job, but he also, you know, his main priority was to serve the Lord or serve God and tell others about him and live that perfect life that he did. But And Eli, you're talking about being a recipient of the handiwork of God. I mean, when we go to heaven, God is saying, I promise you, I've prepared a place for you. And we're going to be living in the houses that he's made. That he's made. So we're going to be recipients ourselves. Everyone that's in Christ. Just think of like, if he knows that David loves this detail of like certain different wood things or certain things, you think, I mean, he knows me. He yeah. knows. I, I just can't even imagine what... <laughs> Like, and it says, if we think we know what's good, our Heavenly Father has knows what's perfect, knows what, how, if you think as a parent, I know how to give my son good gifts, and I don't have a son yet, I'm praying for that, but, or a daughter, you think, I mean, I know how to give my wife a good gift now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, he says, if you think you do, you just boy, wait. just wait. Oh. I've got... I'm your heavenly father. Yeah. And like you said, that just got me excited about the mansion. I'm like, you think 
I can design a sweet house, but... Yeah, imagine what Jesus can do. Uh-huh. Yeah. The blueprints yeah. to that thing. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I just, I, and I think to dwell on, uh, it tells us to dwell on things above. Mm-hmm. Um, and like dwelling on that got us excited, you know, thinking about how mighty and what God's preparing for us. And man, yeah. can't wait to see his handiwork. And we have already through his word and through his service. Yeah. But just thinking about you know, what he's preparing you know, it's, it's awesome to yeah. ponder. And yeah, and it's going to be better than we can even imagine. And we can imagine a lot, but it's going to be unimaginable. Yeah, that's what's crazy. That yeah. scares me because I have a big imagination. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm telling you, I, you can ask my wife. She has to calm me down about my dreams. Like, she's like, no, we cannot do that. You cannot have a thousand cows. No, that's not how. Like, he's like, a thousand? <laughs> yeah. Here's eight. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the Lord is like, my imagination is here. And I have a big imagination, baby. If you ever listen to this, <laughs> his imagination outdoes mine. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. it's just, uh, man. Yeah. yeah, and it's created before the foundation of the world. God already, God already knew everything and all of our thoughts. So, I mean, that's got to be a big imagine, imagination if you can think of everybody's thoughts before the foundation of the world. Mm. Wow. That's crazy. I want to go back here. How? Whenever you said uh, the Bible explained Jesus as just a everyday, just normal man, right? Yeah. In in his appearance. In his appearance. See, that's the God that we serve. I mean, he's God. He he rules everything, and he sent his son to come back as just a average looking. God, just as you see, you know what we would have done if we were God? Royalty. We, we would have had We'd want to be the president. Mm-hmm. We'd want to be over everybody. But, yeah. I mean, how humble is that? Yeah, I mean, this is what Isaiah writes about it. This is Isaiah 53. He grew up before like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him. No appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was turned, he was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. I mean, that's talking about the coming Messiah, the creator of all. It's talking about he had an appearance that no one really cared about, but people care about him now. Yeah. That's just the, yeah, that's the humble servitude of Brett. uh, Brett mentioned that one like Wednesday night maybe he was saying that uh, if he was Jesus he would have came down as a like in the middle of a Super Bowl halftime performance or something like that <laughs> but how I mean really how humble is that to so, be in a manger and yeah he, he was born in a cow yeah just in a trough in a trough like yeah, but, yeah it just it goes to yeah, it just it makes everybody have yeah. to like it flatlines everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It just he I mean it's perfect. He knew yeah. that's what he needed to do to allow this to work. And yeah. And a common atheist statement will be, well if God could enter human history at any time, why doesn't he just why didn't he show up now when there's so many cameras or why didn't he show up in Asia where there's so many people and all those people could have believed? 
it is curious that Jesus showed up in first century Rome out of all the times he could show up while knowing that he needed to die for these people. And he showed up during a time century where that country had one of the most excruciating, public, painful ways of death. And he knew that I came to die. And he picked one of the most gruesome ways to die by public crucifixion. A crucifixion style or a execution style that was illegal for any Roman citizen to go under. Only the slaves and non-Romans could die like that. And the Son of God's like, I want to join that time period. And praise be to God for it. That makes you think right there. Yeah. This timing is perfect. Yeah. And people, I hear atheists get mad about this often, saying this doesn't make any sense logically why God, why God would choose that century. And Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 2. It says, God chose this, what is foolishness to everybody. The crucifixion of Jesus is foolishness to the Jew and the Gentile. It makes no sense to anybody. But to those who are being saved, it's salvation to eternal life. With no cell phones yeah. to relay the message. Yeah. No email. But he took 12 men mm. to tell the world. And one of the men he chose was going to betray him, too. Yeah. Just flip the world upside down. Come on now. Oh. So, and that's it. Then that goes to show how mighty. How yeah. He don't need no internet. He don't need no text message to... Just 12 men, mm-hmm. 11 sold out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look where it's at now. And It's still alive today. His book is the, I mean, it's a known fact maybe, that his book is the, it's everything to, I mean, this is, this is his gift to us, and it's the top seller yeah. out of every book ever created. This, I mean, you can probably tell me how many times it, beats every what it, I don't even know what number two is but this I mean puts it in the dirt there's something about that name yeah wow is there anything else you want to leave us with or man Johnny's gonna miss this one yeah <laughs> gotta come back with when Jonathan's here uh huh I'm, we yeah we appreciate having you. Yeah I'm, yeah it was a joy. Always Eli invited me and I was like yeah was, he texted me when I was in Louisville. I was like yeah I'll make sure to find some time. I thought maybe I couldn't do it because I had a dinner coming up, but it all worked out. Yeah. Who would have thought? Awesome. Who would have thought? Yeah, I didn't think I was even gonna be able to make it tonight because of work. Mm-hmm. But who would have thought it all worked out? Yeah, and it's been a joy. Um, I've listened to a few of these, and I know that Eli's been getting involved with the Bible more, learning more about God, inviting people to church, and that's just a blessing from the outside uh, to watch your cousin yeah. uh, get towards or closer to God. It's just a blessing to see. Amen. And it, to my understanding, um, we've had more family members go to church this year. Yeah. So that's been, you never know how your family's going to go, but if they're walking towards God, it's a great sign. Yeah. Christmas is coming. I'm excited about Christmas. You want to pray for us and close? Uh, Father, thank you for everything you've done for us. Uh, Thank you for this podcast. uh, Thank you for this Christmas season and uh, sending your son. Many people don't understand why your son was sent, but uh, we are told to tell people that your son was sent to die for the world and to die for all those who would believe in him. 
Um, Father, if there's anyone who's listening who does not know Jesus Christ, please let them come to the saving, saving faith in him. And um, please let us celebrate your son properly this Christmas season. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.